Caray. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Keys please past the 250, slapped along. A length and a half in front, Hidden Joy the outside, trying to pick it up. And they were followed next by Annie Mariah, then Gossiping Girl, but Keys please with 100 to go. A length and a half in front of Hidden Joy is trying hard, going back to the inside. Keys please in front, and Keys please coming up to the home turn. Summer of Glory at the 350 leads a neck now to destroy the star, and Great Minds on the outside goes up quickly. Boomed is deeper out, it's a ploy, no run. And then followed by Shrek, from well charred it's great minds in front boomed wants to run about comes to the outside well charred and destroy the stars kicking strongly destroy the star in front well charred can't quite pick it up and destroy the star wins by a length very uh, wayward in the straight to beat well charred third not sure shrek's there with boomed the two divisions of last saturday's palorinda stakes run at townsville the townsville turf club tab meeting last saturday where the two-year-old phillies division was won by keys please for graham cleesey and ralph baker and Watterson and Charlie Devilla combining with Destroy the Star to take out the two-year-old Colton Gelding's Palorenda Stakes. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. News on the show today about a whole bunch of meetings that are being rescheduled here, there and everywhere. We'll give you the notice board shortly. Look back at the Country Cup qualifier and Stampede qualifier at the Gympie program on the weekend. And a big weekend at uh, Richmond and Charleville, respectively, for jockeys Tim Brummel and Anna Bacos. Lots of news to get through on the show today. As always, helping us out with that news is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And uh, great to hear those Palaranda results there out of Townsville. And I tell you what, Tony, you keep following the Atherton two-year-old trials after that because both of those were winners out of those trials a couple of weeks ago. And uh, good stories on social media surrounding both runners. So congratulations, Ralph Baker, Graham Cleesey and uh, Charlie de Villiers and Monderson de Villiers. Um, and I wasn't too far away, was I, Tony, from the, the action there because I was in Mackay on the weekend and a uh, en- very enjoyable wedding of my uh, niece, Catherine, who's now Catherine Young. I better get that right, Catherine and Steve Young. And, and great to see the Mackay Turf Club was able to help this young couple get their wedding after two attempts during COVID to get wedding underway. It actually took place on the weekend and I was able to catch up with, uh, of course, being the driver of the bride. Uh, we had a few moments there to make sure she was late on time for the church uh, by listening to the Mooney Valley Cup. She had to just stay in the car till we got that out of the way. But Catherine's been known to enjoy a punt and a, a day at the races, so it was great to see the Mackay Turf Club could accommodate the wedding there. And also, Tony, uh, we've had a young man who's followed us from the word go since birth. I think my grand or great-nephew, uh, Matthew Smith, he was there. I caught up with Matthew. He's still listening to Bushbeat. But it was pleasing to see it at the uh, reception. I, I came across another avid listener of uh, Bushbeat in Corey Oliver. Didn't get the chance to talk to Corey too much during the night and it was only late at night that I remembered to write his name down on my hand. Of course, I washed that off the next day, but Corey, uh, great to catch up with you and uh, talk about your success with Avalady Luck, I think it was, with uh, Stewie Kendrick and uh, good luck with the future of that and thanks for being such an avid uh, listener of uh, Bushbeat and hopefully you tuned in this morning. We lost but that was a good weekend. Rob, we lost a couple of meetings on the weekend with uh, the welcome rain about. I know we've always said it uh, from the point that we love having the rain around because it's uh, a long time between drinks in country areas especially, but we like to be greedy and we'd like to get the rain after we have a race meeting. But we weren't able to go ahead with the Isisford Ross Cup program and the Gundawindi Cup uh, or the Gundawindi meeting that uh, had the reschedule.
World Country Cup and Country Stampede qualifier also wasn't able to go ahead due to the wet weather. Now, the news that we've had come through from Racing Queensland, first of all, Isisford, uh, they've been granted approval to conduct a uh, meeting coming up on the 7th of November. That's the uh, that's Saturday week, of course, Saturday after the Melbourne Cup that will still feature the 1,400-metre Ross Cup as well as the Class X plate, Benchmark 55, Class B and the Maiden plate. Great to be able to uh, keep that uh, racing in the area there for the Isisford Race Club, that meeting rescheduled to the 7th of November. And as far as that uh, Country Cups Challenge qualifier and Country Stampede qualifier that uh, has been dogged, this one, because originally, remember, it was meant to be at Clifton and mm. then it was moved to Gundawindi. Well, it's now going to be run on that same Saturday, Saturday week, 7th of November, and will be run as part of the Chinchilla Race Club non-tab meeting. So it'll be the Country Cup and Country Stampede qualifier, along with the Benchmark 60, Benchmark 55, Class B and a maiden plate. And a reminder for everyone, too, don't get caught up in all of the, uh, the thrill of Melbourne Cup Day next Tuesday because noms on those two meetings will close off at 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning. While we're checking the notice board, there's a couple of other notes that are floating around, and thanks to Cole Truscott at Racing Queensland for making sure everyone stays in the loop with all of this. The Cairns Jockey Club program schedule for Sunday has been transferred to Innisfail. Uh, that's uh, deemed necessary to provide additional recovery time for the racing surface there at Cannon Park at Cairns following their track refurbishment process that they're undertaking at the moment. So there are some distance changes there, but that meeting will also feature a couple of qualifiers for the Coral Coast Shield, which kicked off at the Rockhampton TAB program last Thursday. Uh, so that's uh, that news on Cairns. That's moving to Innisfail this coming week. And the other bit of news that we had come through is that the non-TAB meeting for the Herbert River Jockey Club at Ingham on Saturday the 14th of November has now been rescheduled to be conducted by the Burdekin Race Club at Home Hill because the Ingham racetrack is in the midst of remedial works as well, which means it won't be suitable to conduct the race meeting. So there are some distance amendments available uh, through the Racing Queensland website there as well. So Ingham moves to Home Hill on the 14th of November. Cairns moves to Innisfail this coming Saturday, 1st of November. Isisford get their meeting on the 7th of November and that Country Cups qualifier and Country Stampede qualifier will now be transferred to the Chinchilla meeting coming up on November 7th. That, that gives us a good run of meetings out here, Tony, with Bar Calden on Derby Day on Saturday and, of course, Melbourne Cup, the Twilight meeting at the Longreach Jockey Club and now we have Isisford on that following Saturday again and you mentioned those Rockhampton heats of the series, the new series, the Coral Coast Shield, uh, the uh, qualifier for the Beef City Cup Open Handicap at Rockhampton, won by Hayington for Rebecca Binder and uh, Bodine Apo. And in the Phillies and Mares, the uh, qualifier there, over the 1,400 taken out by Buffy for Adrian Coombe and Maddie McGilvray. So they're, they've uh, secured points or a place in that next stage of that series, Tony. And that series is going to uh, culminate in the uh, finals, of course, coming up at Townsville. We'll check more news on that as we roll through today. Of course, we did lose that Country Cup and Country Stampede qualifier at Gundawindi on the weekend, but we still had... Uh, uh, a couple of qualifiers that went ahead at the Gympie Turf Club program. And let's listen back to uh, how Richard was successful in the Gympie Cup and qualifies for the Country Cup now. Richard leads the way for Young Wheeler. Two or three lengths. Fubs Cowboy won't go away. Marlotta making up ground as they swing for home. It's Richard in front for Wheeler. Two or three lengths from Fubs Cowboy. Followed by Marlotta. It's Richard in the cup. It's going to be Richard to Richard. Richard wins the cup. Marlotta second. Fubs Cowboy honest for third. With apologies for the quality of the audio, but that was the best that we could find as far as the uh, the the, uh, the Gimpy Cup uh, was there with uh, Ross Cater's call of Richmond taking out the uh, the big race there on the weekend. And as we always do, Rob, we welcome in Andrew Watts to look back at the Country Cup and the Country Stampede qualifiers. Morning, Wattsy. 
Good morning, Tony. Uh, good morning, Rob. And, uh, yeah, good morning, listeners. And uh, both uh, qualifiers there at Gympie on Saturday, Rob, were one in very, very impressive style. Yeah, they certainly were. And it was a meeting that they were lucky, I think, to get the Gympie Cup out of the way because from the information Barry Fitzhenry sent, uh, sent me, they made two attempts to get that Gympie Cup underway on Saturday with lightning and storms around bringing horses back to the tie-up stall and uh, the track very wet by, they, by the time they got to the Cup. So that may have uh, played into the, uh, the fact the, the margins uh, got to be fairly severe in some of the uh, races, particularly the Stampede Qualifier and the Cup. But uh, their crowd was down Watsy, but the weather conditions and the COVID restrictions played havoc with that but uh, yeah let's have a look at these two um, uh, heats that were done on the weekend at Gympie before I wrap up the rest of the uh, meeting there at Gympie and uh, start, start with the stampede because hard stride for Jason Judge and Paul Hamlin we all know Paul willing to travel around and uh, a heavyweight jockey this horse carried 66 kilos on the conditions, I think that's pretty impressive. And one by seven lengths from Victory Toast uh, for Ty Wheeler and Bo Gorman and uh, see for yourself, Corey and Kylie Gearin and Stephanie Lacey. Your thoughts on uh, Hard Stride? We all know he's a uh, Metropolitan winner. It was about over two years ago, mind you. He just scrapes in with that clause, by the way. Uh, so he, he's a Metropolitan winner. He has been running in Doom and Eagle Farm recently. But your thoughts, what's he on Hard Stride and his performance? Yeah, look, he ticks a lot of boxes, Rob. He's an old war horse, isn't he? That was win 14 with 27 minor placings out of 90 starts. You go back through his form, uh, he won the Maury Town Plate uh, three starts back. Then he got uh, beaten by a horse called Zoo Style at the Gold Coast, only four and a half lengths, and that form translates uh, anywhere you go in the country as, as pretty good form. He really ripped away in the last little bit, didn't he? Uh, he's won up to 1,200 metres. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts, Rob, but uh, initially you're going to think he's, he's going to be a player in this final. Well, he's certainly not going to carry 66 kilos in the final, and he's, he's uh, amassed a great amount of prize money, over seven or $740,000. I know he's getting along in the tooth, but he's a grass horse, and this was his first start at uh, Gympie, I'm pretty sure, as well. So that's a pretty impressive uh, effort in itself. So hard stride, uh, I mean, he goes around those open handicaps in uh, Brisbane when he was raced. His two runs at Doom and an Eagle Farm were in August. I mean, he, he got beaten in them, but he wasn't far off. But I do think, Andrew, that there are others in the final that would also be uh, capable of doing that in those same sort of races. But you have to respect this galloper. His form is on the board already. It was an impressive win. He's not going to carry that amount of weight. And he's going to be able to, uh, or Jason Judge is going to be able to plot the course now as they go to their that final. And uh, I think that Maury Town Plate uh, run over the 9.50 was a pretty impressive uh, win as well. So he's coming in with winning form and he's going to be uh, well respected in the market. He is, and, and um, without, without any disrespect to any of the other runners, it was a pretty moderate heat. Um, he was also dual nominated for Gundawindi and uh, Jason obviously pulled the right rein there um, heading to Gympie. Uh, look, he couldn't have done any more with the big weight. And as you said, he's not going to carry that in the final. He'll be up around that 60 kilos, I'd imagine. And um, look, again, a lot of it's going to come down to barriers, particularly in this country stampede. But uh, when we go across to the, the cup, Rob, and a horse I know you mentioned quite a lot on bush feet is Richford. Um, he was a very impressive winner. And um, the, the, the course at that stage was pretty wet. And again, as you suggested, margins, uh, you can slightly ignore them. Fab's Cowboy set up a good speed in front and uh, he was more or less gone at the 600 Fats Cowboy but um, testament to his, his uh, tenacity he still 
plugged away for third. But uh, all honours were with Richard, who was travelling beautifully at the home corner. He came right away in the run to the line. Um, he flopped in last year's final, Rob, but uh, he's progressing nicely, this preparation. He's won three of his last four uh, with a third uh, behind Galapagos, um, the only beaten runner in the, in the past four runs. Yeah, great to see Ty Wheeler bouncing back. I think he had another cup win um, the week before or during the week. Uh, he bounced back for Jackie Crompton on uh, Richford. And interestingly, Richford's not been an easy horse to train from the notes that Barry Fitzhenry sent me because uh, he, uh, he he went to the Cromptons and uh, Wayne Crompton, he specialises in um, show jump riding and they, um, and they train this horse in a different way. They really incorporated jumping and swimming to try and get him right. And they have done just that and they bought him from Rob Heathcote for a Country Cups uh, type horse, which landed him in the final last year. And uh, he comes, he's one of those horses that seems to come good at the right time because his form is stacking up similar to last year. He's come off a third in the Tarim Cup. He's won the Tara Cup at his last run. I think he did a similar thing last year. That 11th of 15 in the final maybe is a question mark, but he has won over 1,600 metres three times. But put in perspective, what's he, he carried 55 on that heavy track by that stage and the fact that Ty was able to get him to the front pretty easily uh, mid-race type thing uh, over sand specialists really in Marata and Fab's Cowboy those gallopers loved the sand and for Richford for his first run on the track similar to Hard Stride he's beaten home the sand gallopers with considerable ease so he's coming in with the right form again he's going to be well respected the question mark only there is i suppose people might go back through the form and say well hey what about last year he's finished down the track but that was last year he's looking forward to a new final this year and i know jackie crompton will plot the course extremely well uh to that so both of those are proven performers uh, andrew and i think uh they're going to do uh, their stables proud in the final yeah, they'll do their stables proud. I've probably got Richford on that sort of second tier uh, behind mm-hmm. the likes of Belonte and Deadly Choices at this stage. He's sort of got him with that with the SEL sort of one. I've got splits in that top group as well at the moment. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Uh, I believe he's heading to the Charleville Cup uh, today week. Yeah, so there's some interesting developments will take place with that. I'll just wrap up these Gympie results before summing up anything for the uh, the Stampede and the, the Cup. Uh, my certain. Now, this is a promising galloper at the meeting for Bob Murray and Nat Morton. Good to see Nat getting a winner there. It got up over all Ellie and Lady Magic. This one was another one coming off a, a, a Tarum win last week's after placings at Gladstone and uh, Eidsvold. So it's one that's in pretty good form. First uh, ride at the track for Heather Pollard and she got up on Valara de Heeres for Geoffrey Schrader and in fact three runs for the stable for two wins and a third and every time ridden by Heather to get those results for the fast and famous uh, four-year-old over Vincent and Superplux. And search and destroy for Terry Hong and Murray Crawford. The Eurozone five-year-old golding uh, second here two starts back has bounced back with a win in the maiden to get the first win out of 14 overall and sink and child support. But, uh, yeah, Andrew, uh, any other news about runners uh, with these horses? Uh, you mentioned splits. Uh, any news on Balenti going into the final? Well, we saw Balenti nom for Richmond, didn't accept. Um, I believe he's heading to Bar Calden this Saturday before um, heading to Townsville. Uh, there's a mile race over there in a few weeks' time, and I, I suggest Deadly Choices will uh, end up there as well. Um, keenly watch, waiting for these. I'm just pressing pressing refresh as we talk here, waiting for these Bar Calden nominations, because I, I assume we might see SEL 
uh, in there as well. But um, no other news at this stage. Uh, Swift's heading for Charleville for the Cup. Um, he'll be mighty hard to beat there. Uh, he, he's got a great record at the track. I assume Fab's Cowboy will be heading that way as well. But uh, those noms will be out later in the week. Yeah, and uh, it gets uh, mouth-watering as we wait for the final fields to take their, their shape and uh, as we progress with, through these heats. But you mentioned Richmond there, and uh, stay with us because your form knowledge of the North West comes in pretty handy here as we look at both Richmond and also of your Charleville uh, with your benches down there. But uh, in both cases, it was a situation of uh, trebles on the day with Timmy Brummel up in Richmond. Uh, Richmond got Richford on the brain here, and uh, Anna Bacos uh, riding the uh, first three winners at Charleville. But looking at Richmond, gee, Timmy Brummel's in good form, Watsy. Um, he looks as fit as a fiddle. And ever since that combination with Boy Foster, when he came back from a little bit of a, uh, a holiday and uh, got stuck into the riding again, he's been uh, really on fire with his form and three convincing winners there on the weekend at Richmond. And Timmy is one of the nice guys of racing as well. Uh, he'll always pull up for a yarn, um, and he deserves all the uh, success he gets. Yeah, Treble there on the day, he teamed up with Sarah Locke. Now, that was Sarah's first winner as a trainer. She's only saddled up Delilah's Dream, two starters for a winner. So that's a pretty good strike rate. And, uh, and one it was the, the first starter too. What's the first start out of the two on the day? It was the first one. That's a pretty good record, isn't it? The first one, yeah, she's going all right. Uh, Delilah's Dream, uh, formerly with Sean Royce, five-length winner over total disdain and be present. Um, in race two was the second leg of Tim uh, Brummel's uh, treble. This one for Jimmy Jackson, the high zero, a length winner over Flossie Top and World of Pain. That was in the zero to 60 over the 1,000 metres. Capset uh, returned to winning form for Stephen Royce and Jason Hooper over the stablemate level eight who uh, looked to be a good thing beaten uh, in that race. Definitely one to follow out of the meeting and masking uh, finished up in third. That was the uh, open handicap over the 1200. Third leg of Brummel's treble was on a roughie. Uh, American summer for Tanya Parry. Defeated uh, the more favoured st- stable uh, galloper there in static lift and single story ran- rounded up the third there. Tr- uh, that was a trifecta for Tanya in that race. And uh, the last race there on the card was Brave Jewel. Uh, $7.50 in the market. You don't see a Dan Denise Ballard uh, runner go out at those odds, but uh, at a tone for a, probably a little bit of a disappointing run there at Cloncurry on tab day. Defeated Nitro City by half a length for Sean Royce and Jason Hoopert. And Dark Archer wound up in third position for Ray Herman and Matty Gray. And that's another galloper I think we'll see uh, winning a race shortly. That's Dark Archer. But that was Richmond Rob. And uh, yeah, all honours there with uh, Timmy Brummel and the racing heads to on Curry this week. Yeah, and a couple of things took my eye there. Firstly, Capset's uh, love affair with the Richmond track. In a sense, he's had three starts for a win and two placings, so it was a good effort first up since July to uh, get that win. And also, what's the, the new horses coming into stables? You mentioned uh, the ex-Sean Roy's galloper for Sarah Locke. Um, but as well, um, High Zero was uh, Olivia Cairns' uh, runner. So that's the first starter for Jimmy Jackson. Good to see. I think Jim had a winner the other week. So some of these horses uh, early on in the campaigns are acclimatising well to that northwest area and good to see that um, depth of stables developing there. And that treble of wins continued, as I mentioned, to Charleville when we go down to the Central Warrego Race Club meeting there. And Anna Bacos, pretty easy to report here. What's he? First three races on the day go to Anna Bacos with the, uh, the treble for Charleville. 
And Anna, uh, she's improving uh, every week. Her, her riding's uh, getting better and better. And again, it's one of these jockeys that uh, have saddle, will travel. She's putting in the hard yards and, uh, yeah, she's certainly reaping the rewards. It was uh, Memorial Day there at Charleville Saturday where some great names were remembered and respected um, from days gone by in the Central Rodeo Race Club. And as we said, Rob, uh, many, many a time before, these days are so important uh, for country days. Uh, Tony Facey Memorial, Jim Pugsley Memorial, uh, Les Baker Memorial and Neville Green Memorial uh, races and the Ross Iverson Memorial which is always the feature on the day now. This run here, Corriglin, it might be a bit of a smoky for Les Baker and this was the third leg of the treble for Bacos. Uh, it's, it's only a low uh, graded horse, I think it might be win four, sorry win five now from 47 but since joining Les it's uh, won two open races, it loves it there at Charleville and it defeated Trommel Schlagen by a length and a half and there's a further three and a quarter lengths to Achilles Pride into third but uh, very good win there by Cora Glenn uh, Rob and uh, Les has he's lobbed in a couple of good decent races with it so he has an opinion yeah, it came off a second on Longreach Cup Day in, uh, in its last five, two wins and two seconds. So it's climbing through the grades and it's gone to open company. And uh, it's really still probably a class four or five horse. So great result for Les Baker there. But as you said, uh, that was the end of the treble for Anna. She kicked off the day with all too sweet Raymond Fraser. Tell us about that. And my cousin Bossy for John Patterson um, as well there in races one and two. Yeah. All too sweet, a very, very dominant winner for Raymond Fraser and, as you said, the first leg of the double for Bacos. Over the uh, Mark Johnson pair, Whiskey Apple, who who flies at Charleville, so it makes the winner's run even better. And Ulrich Gold uh, on the comeback trail, as always. The jockey is Ross Tilly in third position. And race two, my cousin Bossy, as you said, for John Patterson. Wide in the market, uh, $10. Defeated the Croc for William Pugsley and uh, Harbour Trick was in third. Other winners in the day, El Bandito back in the winner's circle for Wayne Baker and Dan McGilvray. That was a demolition job, that one. Six and a half lengths over Billy the Kid. Wayne trained that Quinella John Rudd on the second horse. And uh, you know the one, uh, Les Baker and Anna Bacos in third. And uh, probably one of the wins of the day, I was talking to Red Alexander yesterday, um, and there's a bit of money for this one. I watched the replay and you couldn't hear the call. There was plenty of screaming from the uh, the crowd here with Elite Grey for William Pugsley and Ross Tilly, a very popular win there. Three and a quarter lengths, started $2.40 favourite over Get In The Groove and uh, Buddy Ollie. But uh, all honours there with Elite Grey. And as I said, with the Central Warrego Race Club, uh, this time next week, uh, they'll be... Uh, getting set for Cup Day. And congratulations to William Pugsley and Ross Tilly. That's uh, Ross's second winner back, and it was on Elite Grey, I'm pretty sure, for William Pugsley that uh, the first winner was back, and two wins and two starts for the stable for that particular galloper. And also great to see, what's the, I thought, to see Gemma Steele back in the saddle there with a uh, few rides out there at uh, Charleville, as we all know. Very uh, talented jock. jockey. Might be a few weight problems at the moment or issues, but I'm sure Gemma's going to bounce back and uh, continue to pick up rides and get the, hone those skills uh, that she showed right through from Apprentice's days um, after the uh, rides at Charleville on Saturday. Now, the... Yeah, oh, no, it's great to see Gemma back. The Country Cups, just to wrap that up with you, and the uh, and it's great to see that uh, Cole Truscott continues to update all the information for us, that as a result of these uh, heats we've had so far, it's still important to know that Macaro and Tambo's Heart, who were the winners out of Innisfail, they still have to meet the uh, qualification in the non-tab starts, but Hard Stride certainly does, and Richford certainly does, with the place getters behind Hard Stride, Victory Toast and See for Yourself, also needing to meet those non-tab 
situations or uh, form guides. But, uh, yeah, these, these fields are taking shape uh, and we're not going to put you on the spot at this stage for any uh, tips. Watsy, we'll wait for that down the track. But we're certainly... It's starting to take shape and we're getting a good guide going into these finals. Yeah, it, is, it certainly is. And they're always keeping one eye on these horses that haven't met the qualifying criteria as well to see uh, where they're going to pop up in the coming weeks. We're at about and the halfway point at the moment, guys, uh, as we go through the legs that we've had so far. It's a room, Longreach, Ewan, Matt Isaac, Long Curry, Blackall and uh, Innisfail and Gimpy. Of course, that's uh, Clifton slash Gundawindi slash Chinchilla one to come. This weekend, uh, the uh, Burdekin and Yapoon clubs will host their various uh, qualifiers for Country Cup and also for the Stampede. Melbourne Cup Day next Tuesday, it's Cumbia's turn. The following Saturday is where we get that rescheduled one at Chinchilla, and then it's going to be a mad dash home with uh, Emerald, Cairns and Roma through the uh, later part of November before we culminate uh, to Doombit in December. Yeah, I think, uh, Tony, by the time we come back, of course, we missed Melbourne Cup Day on Bushbeat, but by the time we come back to the uh, Bushbeat show the following week, it'll be a, a show dominated by the Country Cups and the Stampede with also that big meeting out of Charleville. So uh, Watsy will have done all the uh, form there and we'll be getting closer to those final tips uh, for these two big events for country racing. Great to have you on again this morning, Andrew. And uh, you're also now off to Concurry on the weekend. We'll uh, have a report coming back from that as well the week after Melbourne Cup Day. Very good. Uh, always good to catch up, boys. Uh, thanks, Tony, and thanks, Rob, and uh, good morning, listeners. Good on you, Watsy. Great to have you on board. Rob, also having a look at uh, some of the other series that we've been uh, keeping a bit of a watch on. Well, though we will be keeping a watch on as they'll now be kicking into gear. Starting off next week on Melbourne Cup Day, both Eidsvold and Cumbia will host legs of the 2020 race in Queensland, southeast region, Burner to the Valley Point Series. They'll have races through uh, November and December, going through Eidsvold, Cumbia, Mount Perry, Nanango and Esk. Uh, and, of course, the, uh, the Coral Coast Shield Series, as we said, kicked off uh, last uh, Thursday at Rockhampton with the Beef City Cup and that Class 6 plate. The Cairns legs this weekend go to Innisfail, as we mentioned earlier, but then there'll be subsequent legs coming up uh, through Mackay and Townsville before we then head to the finals day. That'll be at the Townsville Turf Club on Saturday, 28th of November for the Coral Coast Cup and the Coral Coast Lightning, plus the Queen of the Coast. Yeah, plenty of these uh, these series, which is absolutely great for all the uh, racing in country in provincial Queensland, um, Tony. But uh, we had another big meeting on the weekend, of course, and uh, Tony McMahon was there at Gladstone. And I uh, know that we've had a good winner come out of the cutest open handicap that we're going to hear with best guest for Billy Johnson and Shannon Stefan defeating an open company galloper in Drumbeat's Choice, Tony. They go along the side of the track now. They have the best part of 550 metres to go. And on the outside now, Drumbeat's Choice has gone to the front. He's a neck in front of best guest, followed by Al's Brees. The next horse then along the inside was Moneyad, conceding was Portsea, and Tails Epsilon was last to the home turn they race. And up along the inside here, it's just best guess in front from Drumbeat's Choice, challenging Al's Briefs coming down the outside, followed by Moneyad. It's best guess in front. Drumbeat's Choice is trying hard on the outside. So too was Al's Briefs. Best guess in front in the closing stages. I don't think they're going to catch him. Best guess, too good, striding out nicely to the line. Wins by about two lengths from Drumbeat's Choice, Al's Briefs. Then the next horse home in the race, 
Yes, best guess taking out the uh, cutest open handicap over the 1194 at Ferguson Park with the Gladstone Turf Club meeting on the weekend. Rob and Sonia Wiseman, were they riding double of that cart as well? Yeah, the ladies did extremely well uh, with four of the five uh, wins, but uh, a legendary jockey took out the first race in the program as we welcome Tony McMahon back to uh, Bushbeat. And Tony, um, best guess, he's come off a good black or win. He's a class four uh, win at his last start and he's had the six wins now. Uh, he had a good weight advantage in that race and he made use of it to beat Drumbeat's Choice. So welcome to the show again, Tony. Take us through those Gladstone results and tell us about that legendary drop jockey who was victorious in race one. Yeah, thanks very much, Rob and uh, Tony. Well, the Gladstone Turf Club were very appreciative of Cyril Small coming all the way up from the Gold Coast. He got a late SOS on uh, Thursday to see if he'd help out an acute shortage of jockeys brought about the scratchings of seven horses, would you believe it, with no riders available. Had Cyril not come up, and he was offered no great incentive to come up, I must say, he was a wonderful effort what he did. Twelve horses would have been scratched from Gladstone because of no because of a shortage of jockeys. Look, it's, it's, the problem's been exacerbated, and somewhere along the line, it's got to be addressed by the authorities. I've, I've got plenty to say about in the coming weeks and stories I'm about to write. But uh, yeah, Cyril was here. It was great to see him. I haven't seen him for many, many years. He's an old Northern Rivers boy. Came from Casino. His brother Warren rode, and his father Bob was a trainer, and uh, he handled the first winner ex- expertly. Uh, Liberty Skip straight to the front. And it uh, won pretty convincingly by 3.75 lengths. And matter of fact, it won so well, it broke the course record 49.65 for the uh, 850 metres. So it was a good win trained uh, by Lee Kernan and raced by the president, uh, David Wendt, and his wife, Judy, uh, Liberty's gift. So uh, it was uh, appropriate that they won the, the opening race on the card. And uh, I think you'll find Liberty's gift will win again shortly against Gladstone. The win was quite good, there's no doubt about that. It's a, a mare by us a statue of liberty it was a good winner now i know time's a bit of a worry this morning the second race was cluster fest this was the maiden plate over a thousand meters and believe it or not uh, once again david weenett and judy and the kernan family were successful trained by lee kernan cluster fest by a horse called cluster who i don't know too much about written by sonia wiseman there was a story there sonia is a journeywoman jockey she's ridden uh, all over queensland the northern territory she's been in rockhampton for 12 months uh, she works very very hard at the track she has an endearing smile, which uh, wins her across to everyone. Very capable rider. And she's heading off to Adelaide at the uh, end of the Coral Coast series in the end of November. So she's going to be missing. It's only going to really make things worse up there for, for jockeys. If we didn't have fly-in jockeys coming to the tab meetings, there'd be no racing. So Sonia won on that, plus the first time by Lee Kernan. The third race came along, and this was a good win. A horse called Isis Brumby. It's, a, it's not a good name, I must say, it's Brumby, because it certainly isn't a Brumby. It's a still a boon. It, uh, it gets a little bit reluctant about going to the stalls. Only had three starts for two wins. Once again, ridden by Sonia White, who was, was challenged at the top of the stroke by Shenzai, who gave the impression it was going to go straight past it, but then Isis Brum was kicked. And it's got plenty of ability, trained by Kevin Miller. As I say, it's a still a beam, a little bit green, but it's going to go on and win its share of races. That brought us to the race we spoke about. Best guess, this was the Claro turns 50 uh, Kudis Open Handicap. Good to see some of these Kudis races uh, going through all the classes, but uh, unfortunately, the winner wasn't curious. So, uh, kid is so uh, best guess didn't get the bonuses. Shannon Stefan rode it. You heard the call, it won pretty well. In the last race, Tavia McBride was uh, ridden by Trinity Bannon, trained by John Manton, who brought a team down, and it was successful in the last. It's by Tavistock, a really staying bred horse uh, from New Zealand. 
one convincingly from uh, the decorator. When I say convincingly, it was a photo that uh, held the decorator all the way down the street. Uh, but a very good meeting. They capped the crowd at 1,200 people. They could have probably had 3,000 there, which they normally get to, uh, two and a half to 3,000 on that particular day. Well-behaved crowd, a jovial crowd, a colourful crowd, crowd, and it was great to see it back at the Gladstone last Saturday where they race again on Melbourne Cup Day. And there's no race meeting at uh, Rockhampton on Melbourne Cup Day, boys. In previous years, the jockeys would go down to Gladstone mm. and have a morning meeting there and come back and ride at Callaghan Park, but uh, no races there at uh, Callaghan Park in Rockhampton this Melbourne Cup Day. So the Gladstone race will start around about 12.30. Yeah, that's always been a unique thing. I look forward to that every year, the, the combination meetings there, Tony, and uh, that might help a few of the other race meetings on Melbourne Cup Day because there's plenty of them in terms of getting jockeys. And, uh, yeah, we'll revisit that jockey issue down the track because it's uh, it's bubbling up again, that particular one. But I was particularly taking with Tavi McBride out of that uh, meeting, Tony. He's a horse. He was three wide all the way. He was very tough at the end and uh, great to see him get up for that win. Uh, he's done a similar thing yeah. at Ewan a few starts back. They are very gutsy to win Caterpillar McBride, and the further they go, the catastrophes, the better they, uh, they, they perform. Um, and any other news from up there as we are about to wrap up Bushbeat this morning? Well, I don't think there's a great lot of news. Um, we've covered it. As I say, the Sonia Whiten's leaving the area. Zoe White's gone to Adelaide. Uh, so we're in trouble with jockeys. Um, as I say, we're very fortunate the uh, jockeys come to fly, and jockeys come from South East Queensland for the TAP meetings, which are creating tremendous interest. I think the other day we had uh, three Group 1 winning riders riding at Rockhampton, and if that doesn't get betting turnover, you're positive and nothing will. No, I mm. think, uh, generally speaking, the racing's very strong. The two-year-olds are ready to go, and uh, we'll have uh, plenty of racing coming up in the near future. So, but, and we'll uh, have you. On Saturday, uh, and and we'll have oh, Sorry. The turn on Saturday is a, non, a non-patrons meeting, too, boys, just to get that message yep. across. And we'll have you back uh, down the track with different results coming out of that and we'll revisit that jockey issue in more detail when we get a bit more time on Bushbeat. Tony, great to have you on this morning uh, yet again. Thanks for having me, boys. Busy weekend coming up, Rob. Uh, as, uh, as you've highlighted already, no sh- uh, Bushbeat show next week, of course. We have to make way for some big 3,200-metre race at uh, <laughs> Flemington, as we do each year. So we're going to have a bumper show the week after trying to catch up with all of the news. But following on from the TAB meeting on Friday at Kilcoy and Saturday at Bow Desert, this uh, coming Saturday, racing at Bar Calden, uh, the Birkin Race Club with their Country Cups qualifiers and the Country Stampede qualifier. As Tony mentioned, it's a non-patron meeting there for the Yapoon Cup program, which is also the Country Cups and Stampede qualifier session. Con Curry and Dolby racing this coming Saturday. Sunday, the Cairns meeting transferred to Innisfail that will feature the Coral Coast, Coral Coast Shield qualifiers. Melbourne Cup Day, meetings at Mackay, Toowoomba, Townsville, Bundaberg, Charleville, Gladstone, Cumbia, Longreach and Mount Isa. There's a TAB program at uh, Rockhampton on Friday the 6th of November that will feature the two-year-olds in the Breeders' Plates, the Phillies and the Colts and Geldings Division. And because we're not on next week, i better check the calendar for Saturday week, the 7th of November. Uh, those uh, rescheduled Country Cup qualifiers and Stampede qualifiers going to Chinchilla. The Cooktown Amateurs are on with the Cooktown Cup, Moorumbah and also the Isiswood rescheduled meeting that will feature the Ross Cup to uh, be held there on the 7th of November. And any news for country racing, just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Uh, good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. And we'll be back uh, in two weeks' time with Bushbeat after that great race from Melbourne. Good on you, Rob. Have a good week. Have a good fortnight, in fact. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, everyone. Thank you to Rob Luck, Tony McMahon and Andrew Watts for joining us on Bushbeat. And don't forget, folks, each and every week, if you miss any of the show, you can catch up with uh, the podcast replay available through our Wooshka platform. We'll send the link out on Twitter and also available through On The Bit Racing Australia on Facebook.